If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thank you for listening to the Fierce Audi podcast where we talk about disability, quackery, parenting, and Jewish life. Willowbrook was a New York state-funded asylum that fronted itself as a school for the developmentally disabled that was established in the 1930s. It was a complex of buildings that housed adults and children who were developmentally disabled. It was located in Staten Island, a borough of New York City. In this institution, the most vulnerable people were starved, abused and neglected. People were moved into Willowbrook starting in 1947. With the way the school was built, it had a maximum capacity of 4,000 people. In 1965, they had more than 6,000 people living there. Prison had more room for inmates than Willowbrook had for its students. Each person was only allotted 35 square feet. Prisons allow each inmate to have 80 square feet. Several outbreaks of hepatitis were reported shortly after Willowbrook opened and it continued for about 10 years. Instead of getting proper medical treatment, the residents of Willowbrook were subjected to medical experiments. Adults and children were injected with the virus that causes the disease for a medical study. Some were actually forced to eat feces from other residents that were infected with the disease. Staff Staff members were not required to be subjected to a background check or fingerprinted as a condition of employment. It was later discovered that many staff members were physically, sexually and emotionally abusive to the residents. There were 50 residents assigned to one staff member. The residents vastly outnumbered the staff. Finally being investigated. A reporter in the 1960s was the first to start to investigate the horrific practices at Willowbrook. This print reporter went by the name of Jane Jerton. She was the first. She got a job under a fake name there and witnessed what really happened. They allowed visitors during certain times but everyone was on their best behavior. This was the only way to get any real information on what was going on in there and what their secrets were. Her stories did not get the traction it deserved. She is a hero. Stories archived here, https colon slash slash archives space dot library dot chi dot cuny dot edu slash repositories slash two slash resources slash 90. Geraldo Rivera, who worked for ABC News, created an expose called Willowbrook the last disgrace. This was in the national spotlight and told the true story on how Willowbrook treated its residents. Before it aired, the news network broadcasted a warning, tonight as a public service, we're going to make you sick. Rivera stated, this is what it looked like, this is what it sounded like. But how can I tell you about the way it smelled? It smelled of filth, it smelled of disease and it smelled of death. Rivera's exposed did gain national attention but it did gain local attention from residents, local politicians who were painfully aware what was happening. They either did not care or though they deserved it. The parents. Parents were unaware of what was happening to their children. They were told to lock them away, and that was the best for them. There was no other option. 
Parents filed a class action lawsuit in 1972 in the United States District Court for the Eastern District of New York. The lawsuit stated that Willowbrook violated constitutional rights of the residents. There were multiple violations that were cited in the suite. They were confining residents for indefinite periods of time, failure to provide habitation, lack of education programs for speech, art, and PT, failure to discharge eligible residents, inadequate clothing, meals and facilities, incompetent staff, failing to conduct periodic evaluations of residents to assess progress and refine goals and programming. Failing to provide habilitation for residents. Overcrowding. Lack of privacy. Failure to provide protections from theft of personal property, assault or injury. Confining residents to beds or chairs or solitude. Lack of compensation for work performed. Inadequate medical facilities. The lawsuit demanded immediate improvement of conditions. Medical care. Clothing. Hiring additional staff. Banning inhumane treatment, including restraint and seclusion improving education. Many others. The parents stated that their children's rights under the Due Process Clause of the 14th Amendment was violated, right to education and a violation of the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment. In 1993, a judge approved a settlement in which New York agreed that Willowbrook class members were to receive high-quality services for the rest of their lives. Willowbrook Consent Decree. In 1975, Judge Orrin Judd signed the Willowbrook Consent Decree, which forced New York State to improve conditions at the school and lower the overcrowding from 4,000 people to no more than 250 people by 1980. The decree also stated that Willowbrook was required to spend $2 million to create 200 places for Willowbrook transferees and hostels, hotels, halfway houses, group homes and sheltered workshops. This decree did not immediately close down this institution. It recognized that disabled people had a right to be protected against harm and cared for in a humane, non-institutional setting. Willowbrook Review Panel The Willowbrook Review Panel was formed in 1975. It was made up of seven people whose job was to oversee the implementation of the Willowbrook Consent Decree. One of the wins that came from this horror show was the Americans with Disabilities Act. Willowbrook Shuts Down Willowbrook officially shuts down in 1987. In 1974, it was renamed the Staten Island Development Center. At this point, they had less than 300 people, which was mandated by the decree. Willowbrook shut its doors for the last time in September, 1987. 34 years later, a politician says it was a mistake to close Willowbrook. That's right. Eric Adams, a mayoral candidate of New York City, said during an interview on Morning Joe on MSNBC that closing the Willowbrook State School was a mistake and an overreaction. A few employees harmed those who were patients at Willowbrook on Staten Island. There was a reaction from the advocates to close down Willowbrook, deinstitutionalize those who need around-the-clock services, but we didn't balance that with real programs to give them. I know I speak for everyone when I say, Mr. Adams, how dare you? According to the New York Times, there were 97 reported allegations of physical abuse, 23 allegations of mental abuse and hundreds other reports of neglect and other mistreatment by group home workers against Willowbrook alumni. I personally know a Willowbrook alumni. Shortly after I got married, I started working for ARC in the town my husband and I met. This was before I knew I was autistic. I was assigned to a group home with 13 residents. One resident I worked with often was an alumni of Willowbrook. She was about 10 years older than me. The organization I worked for was upstate New York, and six-hour drive from Staten Island. She was located far away from home.
she had no no family so she was by herself. She had nightmares, was afraid to talk, injured herself constantly, was in a wheelchair due to the neglect and her mind was completely institutionalized. She was shown an enormous amount of support but her spirit was far too broken. Out of all the people I worked with, she is the one who impacted me the most. I tried to take her out in the community more often than the others because she needed it. She loved going to the mall, to the park and loved the movies. The group home I worked in had an amazing sensory room which she loved. When people say that Willowbrook should not have been shut down, I challenge them to talk to or spend time with a person who suffered at the hands of that nightmare. Parents wanted to send me there. So after I saw the child psychologist in 1988 and I received my several different diagnoses, my parents got into an argument during dinner. We lived on Long Island, which is not far from Staten Island. My parents were mad that Willowbrook shut down. If we only took her to the clinic earlier, we could send her there. At the time, I thought nothing of it. I was sick so I had no idea what it was. Years later when I started working for ARC and had to watch the documentary as part of training, which was good because they serve a lot of the alumni, a light bulb went off in my head and I remembered that argument from when I was six. I just put it to the back of my mind and buried the memory. Years later, I got into autistic advocacy after my diagnosis. Then through therapy, the memory was unhurried. I get that a lot of the parents had no idea but this was after everything was public knowledge. They really hated me. Sources https colon slash slash www.salive.com slash news slash 2017 slash 01 slash the underscore horrors underscore of underscore willowbrook underscore sta.html https colon slash slash www.nytimes.com slash 2020 slash 02 slash 21 slash ny region slash willowbrook state school staten island.html https colon slash slash disabilityjustice.org slash the closing of willowbrook slash don't forget to subscribe or follow on spotify apple Podcasts, facebook twitter youtube and instagram keep on speaking your truth and never let your flame burn out thank you for listening